Hey guys, tonight is Tuesday, December 16th. Um, it's about almost 7.40 for me. And I decided to do a podcast tonight about um, as much as I can possibly tell you about my experiences with psychotherapy. Um, in light of the recent events, um, I just felt like it was a, the time to do it. And I've never really shared you know, about my therapy in detail, meaning, you know, I've mentioned it ad nauseum in podcasts, but I haven't really talked about it um, or dedicated any time to it because um, it was something that was really just kind of for me. It is my thing. Um, I feel like I share so many things and for a while I felt like sharing, you know, tons and tons of details about it would take something away from me, but I feel like after my session tonight, I've kind of started to learn that um, just like a lot of the other things that I share, this podcast could be beneficial to someone, anyone um, who has no idea about it. Like, how do you get to this place? Um, and I'm going to do my best. I made some very light notes. I did my five points per the usual. And um, I mean, I'm going to just say that depression is not a bad word. And if you are suicidal, you felt suicidal that, I mean, you can just Google suicide hotline and the number comes up and there's always someone there 24 hours a day, seven days a week to talk to you, um, about your issues. So, um, number one is how I actually decided, like, what was the point? How did I get to a place of therapy? And, um... I have had two experiences with therapy. Uh, when I was in college several years ago, um, maybe two years before I graduated, I fell into a bit of a depression. And, excuse me, I just ate dinner. I don't think I knew what depression was. I don't think I knew um anything about it. I was in college. I lived in San Francisco. The weather was really gloomy and sad and dark. And I had seasonal affect disorder. Like didn't really, I grew up in sunny Southern California where the sun sort of woke you up every day. And to move up there where the sun comes out like two months a year was very depressing. I lived by the beach, which I thought was sexy, but ended up being even foggier and more gloomy. And I basically, it's not even I basically, I failed out of college um, that semester because I just couldn't bring myself to get up and get out of bed. And there was nothing that I could do about it. It wasn't like I wasn't trying. You know, some people are like, oh, you need to try. You're not trying. I'm like, I was trying. I couldn't do anything. And so um, after several months went by and I finally got the grades and the letter from the university that was basically being kicked out. Shot my mom, called my mom and kind of told her what was going on. And it was just like, you know, I can't do this anymore. And just told her what I was doing and what was happening. And my mom worked um, in health benefits, you know, my whole childhood. And so she said, you know, you need to take advantage of your health benefits and see a therapist. And then I want you to move home. And I was just like, eesh. So I was going to move home because I really was like, well, I failed out. What am I going to do? I was able to get in and see someone and... Um, had a really a decent experience I, this therapist she was a little bit bitchy um but she was the bitchy kind of person that I needed at the time and so she worked with me to like help me change my major she got me back in school and for the last uh four semesters 
I ended up getting straight A's and graduated with, you know, decent grades and life was good, but it was very rough because I really didn't know how to handle things. And I grew up in a family, black family where, you know, you don't talk back to your parents. You don't question what they tell you, you know, all these kinds of things. And I felt like I just couldn't get along. I just, who I wanted to be and who I felt like I was, wasn't in line with what I felt like maybe my family thought or I should be or wanted me to be. And also who I felt like I needed to be to my peers. Like, let's face it. I was like 21, 22 years old and I'm looking around at everybody else because I don't know what it's like to be 30 or 40 and have confidence and I don't know about careers. I'm, I'm thinking that my end all be all is right here in college. So that was my first experience and I went there for like a couple months and then I was fine because grades got up, got back in school, fine. Second time um, I started therapy was um, two years ago um maybe two years ago in August and I started because I had two things were happening I had become sort of like successful sort of right away you know um where some other people sort of become successful over years you know like let's just say you start off and you start at 50,000 then you go to 60,000 70,000 80,000 like it's like I did like a massive jump I don't care what anyone says, it's insanely scary, insanely scary. Um, not only that, I also, you know, I have been in the background working for lots of brands my entire career. And so when I put myself sort of in the front of the brand, and the only reason why I did that is just I wanted for people to know that there was someone that looked like them that was actually doing this, you know, like, so you can trust that I am picking products and looking at things and working with brands and with you in mind because I look like you. And so what that did was open me up to um, insane amounts of criticism, which criticism doesn't really bother me. It's just the um, sort of bullying and taunting and just horrible things that you'd be, you know, had you asked me. Five years ago, that if somebody says some things like that to me, would I care? I would be like, heck no, I don't care. But I'm telling you, when people keep doing it and keep saying it and people just have like awful things to say or feel so entitled to share their opinion, true or false with you all the time, like it wears on you. And all things all at once. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like, I changed. Like I changed to my friends and I changed to my family suddenly, but without trying. Like all of a sudden I was no longer like the cool person. Like all of a sudden I was just this different person. And something that people don't really tell you about success is that it's insanely isolating, you know? And so today when I got to therapy, um, I had my list of things I wanted to talk about, but the first thing my therapist brought up was what we've all been kind of discussing, um, in our, in the hair space. And, you know, I, I said to her, she wanted to know my feelings. And I think that because, She's like, this is a colleague of yours. Like, and she knows that I go to her because I have struggled with all kinds of things, which I will share with you. But, um, I was like, I don't think that people understand how isolating it becomes. And, and I often have wondered if people were isolating me or if I was isolating myself, but, um, it is very isolating. And it's like, it, it sounds crazy to say this, but like, 
as ashamed as you may feel as like the brokest person in a space or with your friends or in a group is you feel the same way as the person with the most. Like there's just this ugh kind of feeling, you know, it's just a really weird, strange feeling to feel like you have more than people or you can do more, more access, less Less sort of like, you know, I know that if I go outside and all four, four tires of mine are flat, I can pretty much get it fixed today. And it's like, I don't have to transfer anybody out to do anything. And that kind of stuff just, ugh, you know, it's difficult because I've been on every single side of the coin. Just a few years ago, I like was sleeping on the floor. I had, I didn't even have a mattress. I didn't even have a can opener. Like, so I've been on every, every side of this. And so, um you know, that's kind of where I was. So this is my second experience. And I decided to start going because I was gazing out of my window of my new house, the house that I live in now. And my house is like a small house. Like it is not some opulent like mansion. It's me, but it's a nice place. And I'm gazing out of the window and like tears are just coming out of my eyes because I'm at a point in my life where I have everything I want. Like all of the things I had told myself were keeping me from my happiness. Oh, I'm not happy because I don't live here. I'm not happy because I don't drive this car. I'm not happy because I can't vacation here. I'm not happy because I can't do this. So I start doing all this and I am more miserable, the most miserable I had ever been in my life. And so I kept like telling people that, like people that are in my inner circle that I kind of talk to every day. And so one of my close friends, my business advisor, like every day I was calling him and telling him, you know, I was just working all day. Uh, that's the thing that people don't really know is that you work for yourself and don't really have a huge staff. And so you start working. And then like, I was just talking to my friend today, who's also an entrepreneur. I don't, I no longer work at home for a multitude of reasons, but, um, I've started in that movie of getting up five o'clock, four o'clock, six o'clock in the morning in your robe, grabbing a cup of coffee at 5 a.m., and walking around with the cell phone in your pocket, you're walking around doing calls, you've got your laptop in every single room, and you look up and you're pouring out your last bit of cold coffee at midnight or 2 a.m., and that becomes the cycle. And so I had basically gotten into that sort of pattern, and um, I was just not happy. And I was like, there's no way I can get out of this. And so my friend, and I'm jumping around a bit, but my friend went and told me like, you know what? Like, I really don't have anything else to tell you. It's time for you to talk to someone. So I had had another friend who I think noticed this about me like months before. And she was just like, Hey, you know, I go to a therapist and I knew she went to a therapist because her mom had um, died of cancer and she had started seeing her, this therapist as her mother got diagnosed because she wanted to be able to handle this as best as she could. And I tell you that this was, she was the most graceful person I had ever seen at her mother's funeral. Like the therapy I saw was helpful. And so I ended up texting her and I was like, I remember you telling me you had someone for me. Can you please send it to me? And so she sent me the therapist's information that her therapist thought would be good for me based on what she had told her about me. And um, I've been seeing her ever since. And so I remember, I'll never forget my first trip to the therapist and uh and we, we we do the first session and I'm like okay so do you have like a sheet that you can tell me like what we accomplished today 
what we'll be accomplishing in the next month and what I can look forward to. Like basically, and when will I be done baking? You know, when is this over? And she just looked like, really? And that's the part that I don't think I understood about therapy the first time is that, you know, she was like, it took 30 something years for us to get to this place. It's going to take us more than, you know, an hour a week to sort of get to a different place. And so I kind of just, after that time, just opened my mind up to whatever could or would happen because it had to be better than any place that I was at mentally and emotionally. So every week um, I go to therapy, five o'clock, typically Tuesdays. I used to go Thursday. So that's typically where I'm at every single week. Um, I block off my cat. I block off my calendar for an hour before that so that nobody puts anything on there. Last thing I want to do is to be rushing to my time. So I usually block that hour off. I leave really early to my appointment so that if I just even have to sit in the parking lot and look through things on my phone or sit in the lobby, I just really try to make sure I'm fully decompressed and fully present and fully ready to get whatever it is I need to get or say whatever it is I want to say. And I like my therapist for a host of reasons. Um, she is an African-American female. My assumption is that she's older than me. I haven't asked and I thought about that. I'm like, she looks great. So I don't really know. I assume that she is based on the kind of um, information that she gives me. Um, I like her because she has helped me with things that I don't know that I've ever could have gotten help with. Um, I didn't really know. Um, based on kind of what we come up with, I think she said that I had like a mild form of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And so that's just from how I grew up. Like, I don't know how everybody grew up as kids, but I grew up um, with young parents. And so it was hard and lots of, you know, the regular stuff that I don't even know if it's regular because it's probably not. That's probably how I got here is that it's not regular, but it became my regular. It became my normal. And so through the PTSD, I just didn't know how to handle things. Like I was handling everything all wrong, you know? And it's why in the beginning I had like PR nightmare because I'm like, people are going off on me. I'm going off on them. But that was just a result of the things that I had gone through as a child. And so I like her because she's able to help me with those things. And, um, I've gotten some occupational therapy, some help at work. You know, I was never, I've never been in charge of so many people. I've never been responsible for so many lives. Like there's a lot of weight that comes along with that. So she's helped me. And in the two years, I'll tell you, you know, what do I now, what do I now know for sure? And I should have made some notes about this because I really want to be really specific and clear about this. And I'll tell you what I now know for sure. I know, I now know for sure that I don't have to have an answer to every single question that someone has for me. What does that mean? If someone contacts me and wants me to do something, I don't have to feel pressured to say yes or no right away. You know, sometimes, you know, if you say yes, you get mad that you said yes. And then if you say no, you start to regret what you did. And so one of the things that my therapist gave me, which I thought was so cool, like one time she's like, I'm going to give you a gift today. And I'm looking like what? And she's like the gift of let me think about it. And when I tell you that, I have used that gift and I have shared that gift with people. And, you know, when someone's asking me for anything, be it money, be it time, be it whatever. And I have so many things going on and I don't want to regret saying no or yes. I just say, let me think about it. And really, 
I need to do that. And, and how much time do I need to think about it? I don't know, but I need the time. Um, I also, after two years now know that I am as worthy and valuable as I thought I was before and that there's nothing that high or low that really defines me. So my highest moment doesn't define me, nor does my lowest moment. You know what I mean? I think sometimes if we fail or if our highest moment starts to become a medium or low moment, we attach ourselves to that. And so I am very clear and very aware of the fact that I am purely a vessel. Like, and the things that I get as a result of my effort or hard work don't really define me. They don't like, they're just, you know, it's nice. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, that's not who I am. So as long as I am certain that that's not who I am, whether I have a lot or a little, I don't have to really concern myself about what someone thinks about me because of that. And so I'm really always um, cognizant of that. And like the most important thing that I feel like I, I now know is that I have a voice and and I should use it. And I think that not just, I mean, I've been doing these podcasts since 2011, but you, you'd you be probably surprised that like I have had in the past a hard time communicating. Like I could not communicate to save my life. Like I could communicate professionally. I got to where I needed to get, but personally, the things that really matter to me, the things that really got to me, I had a hard time telling people about that. My family members, like I have a hard time saying no. And I have learned over time that I can do it. It still is hard. You know, some days I set a limit or a boundary and it's not the best, but it's better than what I was doing before. And, um, I know that. And so, um, every so often I ask my therapist, you know, what can you share with me that I can share with other people about therapy for people who can't afford it? Because it, let's face it, for a lot of us, it's expensive. It is expensive for me. It is the greatest uh, expense that I've ever had. It's like, I've never felt better about the investment that I've made because, um, I used to suffer or struggle with anger. Um, I used to get so mad that I would like black out, you know, people always go, what do you mean black out? Like, I'd get so mad that I would do and say things in, in a like fit of anger and not even remember what it was. Like people would be like, I can't believe like you did that or said that. And I'm like, and, or I would go back and see the things I did or said and be like, Oh my God. And so, um, in two years, like I can't even, I would tell you, like, I haven't even, I haven't blacked out in like maybe a year, maybe a year. Let me, let me, it takes time. I haven't done that in a year and I haven't like really gone like ape, ape on nobody in, in about that plus, like I don't, maybe the same, like I just don't even, I just don't even get there with people anymore. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm able to look, I think now that I have this like mental health awareness, I don't even take things that people do or say so personal anymore because I understand that we're all coming from like we're all communicating from like our pile of trash. You know what I'm saying? So if your trash is stinky and you haven't fixed it, like you're talking S-H-I-T. See what, I mean? See what I'm saying? So when people are going there, I'm just like, this person hasn't dealt with their heap of trash. You know how I know? Because I also had a heap of trash inside of me that I had to deal with. And so I'm still dealing with it. And if it's if therapy is something that you feel like you want to do um, and you're not sure how you can afford it, 
there are lots of like free and I looked this up. There are lots of like mental health centers that you can probably Google or Google or find uh, whatever your issue may be. If it's depression, if it's OCD, if it's any of these things, ADD, anything, anything that you think you might have or symptoms, look them up, do as much research as you can do on your own and then find someone. Um, there are lots of like therapists that are at churches. Like if there's someone at a church, like find a way to try to get some help. Um, and, and talk through your issues and, and do it as long as you feel like you need to do it. And don't be ashamed to do it. Don't be afraid to do it. You can tell people what it is. Let me tell you something. If you are a friend of mine, I can tell you like every day, every day I'm quoting my therapist or saying what I learned in therapy or, you know, just like my therapist said, you know, that's how I'm, I'm going down because I've learned how to deal with issues and deal with people and try to like really be in this, in this kind of like middle space. And so, um, this is honestly, therapy is the best thing that I've ever done for my life. Like, what is the, your greatest investment? Like, it is the best thing that I've done for my life. And it has also helped me um, relate to others and relate to, to in partnerships and romantic relationships because of all the stuff that I was exposed to, I would enter relationships with all this gunk that like, I didn't even have any prior experience. I'm just, you know, a lot of us are carrying our parents' marital issues with us. And so I was going into relationships as a teen and a young adult with like grown, grown adult problems. Like, because I felt like, cause I felt like I knew. And so I had to like undo a lot of that and really learn how to communicate and really learn how to, um, choose a correct partner. And I'll share something insanely personal with you about relationships and partnerships and men and what I, what I learned about myself. I was like constantly picking the same guy, right? I was picking this guy that, um, picking the guy that I wanted to change. And I didn't realize that that's what I was doing until, you know, through therapy, I learned that I was basically practicing repetition, compulsion, repetition, compulsion. My quote, one of my traumas in life was like, you know, my parents' marriage. And so I was looking for the guy that was like my dad and I wanted to find him and like fix him or make him be the person I wanted him to be. And so every person that I was selecting um, subconsciously was that kind of guy. And it was never working. It never worked because you know, you're trying to fix something that doesn't exist. Are you trying to fix someone? It's just this crazy thing. And if you look it up, it's called uh, repetition compulsion. And a lot of us do it. And it's worth worth it to try to figure, you know, what that thing is that you may be doing. And so once I realized what I was doing, um, it made it a lot easier for me to stop choosing that guy because I had convinced myself that that guy kept choosing me, but that guy was not choosing me. That guy, I kept choosing him. And then when I started to really um, make sure like have my, this is what I'm looking for. And if there's a guy who is doing any of these things, like I'm not even going to entertain that. Not even for a second. Like, I don't care about the chemistry. I don't care about the connection, honey. It's not, it's not going to work. Like if you are any of these things, it's not going to work. And once I started doing that, I started attracting the kind of guys that, you know, were right for me. And then I was able to just like date from a much healthier, healthier place. And so, um, that's that, uh, that's pretty much all I can do. Again, if you feel depressed, if you feel suicidal, always like look up the hotline. I don't have the number. I'm, I've seen it so much and you can just Google it. It pops right up on the top. Um, but if you need to talk to someone, talk to, talk to them. If you want to hit me up, you know, I'm always here. Ask.fm backslash Miley Teal. 
try to get to you as soon as I can. I try to get, you know, answer about 10 questions a week if I can. But if I see something that's ultra pressing, they all come to my phone. Um, I try to do my best. Have a nice night.